0: it's the people in your house that make it a home protect what's most valuable to you by installing new custom energy efficient windows and doors from renewal by anderson with the nation's best warranty coverage renewal by anderson is a better way to a better window take advantage of our limited time offer and buy one replacement window or patio door get one 40 percent off plus no money down no payments and no interest for 12 months schedule your complimentary design consultation online at renewalwindowsalaska.com restrictions apply Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash Media. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Canadian Challenge Tales. We are joined today by Anna Bolvin of Yes I Can Kennels. How are you doing today, Anna?
1: I'm fine. Thank you, Dan. I'm fine.
0: Thank you for joining us. You've been mushing for quite a while, and I want to rewind a little back to where it all began. Can you tell us a little about your first memorable mushing experience or how you got started in mushing?
1: Well, it was some years ago, and my children were still, I would say, tweens age. Um, And my youngest son wanted to have sled dogs because he wanted a dog to pull his toboggan when he was out there. So we made it into a project and he had to do a little bit of research and then we ended up getting some retired sled dogs all of a sudden we had too many dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it, that's how it started. Yeah. So you get you get a couple of dogs and then you get a couple of dogs more and then you need some better dogs and so in the end, we bought a six dog team from a sprint musher, and they were excellent dogs that I think taught me everything I needed about mushing.
0: Wow. So it was kind of a, a quick path from one dog into multiple. Uh, so, did you get started? Sounds like you got started in your racing, dog racing career with sprint mushing. Do you have a sprint mushing story you can share with our fans?
1: Well, Sprint mushing is very intense and um, when we started mushing it was mostly um, two of my kids that were getting the best dogs and then my husband would get the leftovers and then I would get the leftovers from that. Um, so uh, I quickly realized that I was not very good at sprint, sprint racing and one Race. I think that was my last sprint race, was up in Grand Rapids. And I, for some reason or multiple reasons, lost my team, a six-dog team. And they took off without me, and I was running behind. And um, eventually I caught up with them. The snow hook had caught in the snow. And um, the team dogs had chewed the leaders off. So the leaders were running the whole loop without the rest of the team. So I'd have to stand there and wave at all the 20 other mushers going by and everybody had a comment for me and then catch my leaders as they were running by and tie them back to my team and finish last.
0: Wow, quite a memorable experience it sounds like. So then you transitioned from sprint into long distance or mid distance racing. Uh, When you came to the challenge the first time, I think about nine years ago, uh, can you tell us about your first Canadian challenge race? What uh, class you were in? Was it six dog, eight dog? Um, And if you had a particular dog in that team that stood out that you can tell our fans about, we'd appreciate it.
1: Yes, so my first Canadian challenge was a challenge for me. Um, I basically did not know at all what I was doing or what I was getting into. Um, I was terrified. (laughs) Um, So on the team there, I had my um, favorite dog, Penny. She was running lead for me. And I had also my other favorite dog, Deal, on that team and some of their offspring. Um... And at one point in the race, there's a section that we call the wall, and I managed to get over that um, but then I was um, very gracefully dragging behind the sled, trying to hang on, and eventually lost my grip in the middle of the night and um, you know I was slightly crying, being by myself, and I was um, didn't really know what to do, but i called out for my lead dog, who was my dog that always followed me around everywhere. Uh, And then things were very quiet. And then I heard some banging and she had actually turned the whole team around to come and get me, (laughs) which was very nice, I think.
0: Wow, it's always amazing to me to hear some of these stories where you talk about the bond between musher and dog and what they're able to accomplish uh, with such a strong bond Uh, as we fast forward a little to the canadian challenge this past year uh, you were in the 10 dog class and you finished in fifth place uh, just three minutes behind uh, our fourth place finisher can you tell us a little about your routine or process from the time you arrive uh, for the start of the race, until you actually leave with the dogs, you know what does that look like? what are you what tasks are you doing? What tasks are your handlers doing, and how do you get yourself mentally prepared to get on the runners and go for three hundred miles?
1: Well, that could be a, a long answer. <laughs> so the the preparing of course started you know days before with packing. Uh, drop bags and making sure you have everything. But basically, I I would get up in the most of the time it's a motel or whatever you're staying uh, early in the morning and get dressed and get all the dogs out of the truck and make sure they all have a good thick morning soup. They all have to drink and get something in their stomach. And then, of course. By that time, I'm very nervous about everything, um, so I have to eat myself, which is sometimes difficult. Um, and then you get to you pack everything up and get to the race start. And I'm always very careful with with putting my race booties on just before race start because I don't get. You know my sweaty feet and start freezing so it's like a little bit fiddling around with that so i have to have two pair of boots <laughs> and then getting to the race start you unload the sled and, and um, if the dogs are okay they still stay in the track for a while so you get the sleds unloaded and make sure all the mandatory gear is in there and you unload the drop bags and find out where to put them and Myself, I need to keep busy because otherwise I get too worked up and too nervous. And then you try to um, time things so because you don't want to take the dogs out too early because then they're going to get too excited uh, for a long time. So I would say maybe 40 minutes before you start, you start getting the dogs out so they can all go and pee and poop and do that. And then you get their harnesses sorted out, get that on, get their booties, and then you run around and check the sled again because in my mind, uh, I've you know I think that I don't have things, and then I can't find my mitts and I can't find this and I can't find that, and I would have somebody around me that has to calm me down <laughs> um so. usually you know by the time everything's done i have to walk away because i'm nervous and i'm making my dogs nervous so i just walking away from them and i usually go around the other mushers and you know say hi and good luck to everybody and then i you know get my dogs on the line i get on the sled and at that moment if you try to talk to me i won't even hear you because i am so focused on my dogs and I I am terrified and I think I'm going to die. And I'm going to lose my dogs and I'm going to lose my team. And everything's going to go wrong and then the flag drops and I'm totally fine.
0: <laughs> okay I mean quite a roller coaster there. Talk a little about the first couple miles of trail. You know you said you went from nervous, anxious, fearing the worst, to everything fine. What what does that look like for the first few miles? What are you looking at in the dogs? What are you thinking about? And what are you going through mentally in those first couple of miles on the trail?
1: Well, the dogs are, you know, always super excited at the start. So usually I am, you know, both feet on the drag mat just to try to keep them, you know, down, the speed down, and not have any stupid injuries from running too fast too too soon. And um, I'm sure if you took a picture of me by then, I would have a big smile on my face. I don't know. <laughs> um, but usually I'm just relieved that, you know, everything is good. I'm looking make sure all my dogs look good, that they're, you know... Beside the dog, they want to be beside, and I made the right choices. I picked the right dogs. Lead dogs look good. I mentally go through that I have everything that I should have in my sled. And, um, and I have to, you know, I double check that I have my spare mitts and yeah, all those little things. But usually, the first couple of miles is just, they're like, they're nice.
0: Can you tell us a little about the race this year? I know we had a cold start and a cold few days, um, but maybe something good that you experienced in the race, maybe you know some of the impact of the cold. And if you had a dog that uh, excelled in that cold or didn't seem to bother them, or perhaps they just worked their way through it, I know our fans would love to hear about it.
1: It was an interesting race because... Well, It was very cold. (laughs) That's one of the biggest memories is the cold. And um, I remember fighting the cold going across Lake Larange. And I thought I was going to lose the tip of my fingers, which I didn't. Um, It took a lot out of the dogs energy wise. Um, I don't think I have really experienced cold like that or running dogs like that. I think having done it last year, I would do it differently if I encounter it again. Um, Some of the dogs got very, very tired. Um, So coming home on on the last stretch into the finish line, the dogs were losing their energy and things weren't going all that well and they were slowing down, so I had this tiny little dog that was a replacement dog and i wasn't supposed to really take her on the team um, so that was little gloria who is half the size of all my other dogs and she has a very positive <laughs> attitude so i put her up in lead and she actually um, ran lead the last bit into the finish line i was very proud of her <laughs> But yes, the cold was a was a big factor in in that race and, and it was a you know a, a learning curve for me, I think.
0: And a good memory from it or good experience out of that all?
1: Well, I think it was yeah, it was seeing little Gloria excel in the cold um, and also uh, for me learning that Yes, I can handle that cold. I'm not going to die, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, um because it's I think it's easy to to do mistakes when you're tired and sleep yeah, tired and cold and it's dark and initially and you come to checkpoint, you just feel totally miserable and you want to quit and then just no, just. Calm down, warm up, eat, rest, and then you can make good decisions. So.
0: Excellent. That's quite some insight into the, the race and some of the ups and downs that you go through. Uh, I, I'm going to go back to your, your comment about Gloria. It's always incredible to see a dog where people don't expect them to do well or because of how they look they're not going to do well. And to give them the opportunity to shine and then when they do must make you uh, very proud as a dog owner and a musher. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I'm going to move to our social media question. This one comes from feral Sarah and she wanted to know what the favorite trail snack was. I'm not sure if that meant dog or human. Uh, maybe you can share both.
1: Yes. So for the dogs, um, when it's cold like that, you would think that the dogs would like like something warm. But I find my dogs, they like frozen meat. Um, They like beaver meat and they like chunks of fat. They like hot dogs. And um, yeah, I would say beaver meat and frozen hamburger patties are like the top favorite things. (laughs) For myself, I have decided that dried pineapple and dried strawberries are very very good. So I put all my snacks uh, in plastic bags and then I end up uh, emptying that plastic bag in my pocket Um, so that could contain beef jerky and salt licorice and dried fruit and chocolate and cut up granola bars and sometimes there's dog cables in there and I don't really know and I emptied it from the plastic bag because when I put my hand there my dogs can hear that rumbling with the bag and they think they're going to get a snack which they're not because then it's my snack time. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes I inadvertently put a dog cable in my mouth but it goes down to
0: is that your tech i guess that might be your technique for trying to stay awake yes is to try and eat a dog kibble um can you share with us a little bit about your upcoming plans for the race season where you might be going or maybe some of the races that you're considering doing
1: i have signed up so far for two races which is the the idaho sled dog challenge in idaho obviously uh, in end of January and um, underdog 100 up in yellow knife and that's the end of March and I will also be a handler this year for in the Canadian challenge for another dog team which will be a different experience for me or handler handler but I'll be driving the truck and raking up straw I guess
0: yes we we did um uh, an episode with uh, Max that's going to be running uh, your team in the Canadian Challenge this year. So I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun uh, for you to see the race from the other side, um, you know, uh, opposite the trail. And I'm sure you'll be able to help us with some some more insight and perhaps some. Uh, we might lean on you for some commentary partway through the race, uh, which we certainly would appreciate. Uh, for those that are looking for your kennel, trying to find you or look for you on, on social media, uh, can you tell them how they might be able to find you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my kennel name is, yes, I can raising kennel. And that name comes from, because I, um, I'm quite often terrified, uh, out on the trail. So I will talk to myself and I will say, yes, I can, yes, I can do it. So uh, you can find the kennel on Instagram under that name. Yes, I can.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll certainly include that in the show notes below so anybody can follow along with uh, Anna's kennel and her progress and um, Max that's going to be running some of our dogs this year. Uh, I do appreciate you joining the podcast. For those that are interested in learning more about the Canadian Challenge, you can find us at canadianchallenge.com. We'd also appreciate you following along with DogWorks Radio. We'll include all that information in the show notes below. Thanks again for joining us on Canadian Challenge Tales. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. From First Paw Media, this is Canadian Challenge Tales. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts you'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe to. Your host is Dan Kirkup. Our executive producer is Robert Forto, created for First Paw Media. old man winter is here are your outdated windows ready renewal by anderson the winter window installation experts use Fibrex windows which are two times stronger than vinyl and are watertight to keep winter's draft outside most installs can be completed within a day take advantage of our limited time offer and buy one replacement window or patio door get one 40 off plus no money down no payments and no interest for 12 months schedule your complimentary design consultation online at renewalwindowsalaska.com restrictions apply